Welcome to the Two Top Podcast, the weekly podcast where we go over different topics in the world. I'm your host, Thomas Lance, and I'm here with my co-host, Matt Berg. How's it going? You can listen to us on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. Make sure to follow us on Twitter to stay updated on the latest episodes. Now let's dive right into this week's episode of Two Top. Two Top Podcast. And we're back. <laughs> yeah, we're back. Two Top, another oh, weekly man. podcast. Now with a website, twotoppodcast.com. That's the number two, Top Podcast. It's a great looking Dot website. Com. I'm very happy with it. Oh, I'm pleased. I'm, and I'm pleased. for what it's worth, it made me very happy. And I mean, some other stuff. I have gotten a bunch of two top pins that I'm very excited about that anyone who wants one, let me know, email us because I'm sure I'll find a way to send you a two top pin. You can put on your bag, your coat, your jacket, just all over yourself. But, um, Enough with the enough with the banter. Enough with this. I have a mission today, Matt. What's the mission? So I was thinking of topics, and normally when I think of topics, I talk to people. And recently I was talking to my friend Mahir, and Mahir's like, man, the last two episodes you had, they were really good because you guys talked about topics that I didn't know much about, and you guys kind of give the short rundown of it. I mean, we're no experts, but we get enough to give you the general gist oh, yeah. that you can talk, Most definitely. talk about. But he asked me, can you talk about steaks? Like the cuts of steaks, the types of steaks. Now that's something meaty. That is something that's, meaty to get into. It's some into. meaty content, yeah. and I have the meaty answers. So we're talking steak. So I wanted to start off with the cuts of the steak. As you can see here on my I notes, see you have a beautiful diagram. I have a beautiful looking cow. It's actually quite atrocious. Maybe I'll post it on the site. You guys can check it out. <laughs> Absolutely. I'll tweet it out. So let's start with the front of the cow. The shoulder of the cow is called the chuck. The chuck. Yes. Is that both shoulders shoulders or one shoulder? Both shoulders are called okay. the chuck okay. of the cow. So we're talking with symmetry here, kind of yes. split it. Okay. And that's kind of more more tender because of where it's located. It's muscles. It's muscle, do, yeah. It's lots strong. of work, lots of work. Then you go a little further back, you hit the ribs. This is obviously the rib section oh, yeah. of the cow. You can picture ribs. This includes the ribeye and then rib steaks mm-hmm. come out of this part of the cow, obviously. But then we get to starting at the lower back, the upper lower back, we get to the good meaty stuff. We hit our loins. Oh, oh a good loin, A man. good loin. But this is like your fillets as well. So your filet mignon. Filet mignon. Filet. Filet. Mignon. Mignon. Well, you say mignon like an American. It's mignon. Mignon. Because it's French. It's oh, yeah. small. Uh but that includes your porterhouse, and then it's- Is that what that means, though? Small? Small is- Like mignon. a small filet. Yeah, mignon is small in French. Brilliant. You learn something every oh, day. Oh, mom, please don't be mad for my pronunciation of a French word. Anyway. Carry on. Uh, also in there, you get your tenderloin, your beef tenderloin. Oh, yeah. And then when you go further back, you get the sirloin. That's kind of like, I'd say where your tailbone is, but higher than your butt. Okay. Because the butt is called the round. The round of the cow is called the butt. I've also heard the rump. The rump. The rump, rump roast. Yeah, rump roast. And now that we've gotten like the whole. You're good. You good? Yeah. Matt just, just popped this in. Dropped his mic, but that's fine. It was a mic drop. <laughs> <laughs> Not on purpose. Uh, Brisket is oh, the chest. I, I love brisket. I love brisket. I really too, do. Yeah. Slow cook it. And then um the flank of the steak, which is like the chest pretty much. Yeah, yeah. Not the back. 
and that includes your skirt, uh, your skirt steak and your flank steak because the flank is also called the skirt. And if you think about it, it kind of makes sense. Like if a cow wore a skirt, it would land on the skirt part of the meat that you'd eat. <laughs> if a cow wore a skirt, just if picture If a cow it. wore a skirt, wherever the uh, skirt covered is what you'd eat if you ate skirt steak. Now, Mihir had a question for me. He wanted to know what Wagyu was. Like Wagyu oh, steak. Yeah, like the really expensive steak. Is that what you're talking about? Yes. So I have some information here from the official Wag- American Wagyu Association. We got some real facts. Oh, it's it's official. Facts. So Wagyu is just Japanese beef cattle with the wa meaning Japanese and gu meaning cow. So Wagyu Japanese cow. Japanese cow. Makes sense. Okay. So not really too far-fetched. Makes sense. But you'd think, well, any cow from Japan, Japan is that Wagyu and it's... It's a little bit more complicated. Um, the cow has been used for heavy farm labor, which over time has created a very genetically strong breed of cow. And because of this, every Wagyu cow is related. Because of this muscle, This because of all the farm work they do, and since it's passed down the family line, uh, all that muscle melds with all the fat tissue and that creates the marbling of the wagyu so these cows have been bred for this labor that the fat and the muscle have kind of marbled together is it like a perfect mix is that the idea yeah so that's where marbling comes from wagyu beef uh fun fact wagyu cows are horned cows and they can be red or black so even the females have have horns yes okay yes uh now, the reason it's so expensive is because it comes from a very selective breed of cow. It comes from these cows of Japan, and it's like a family lineage. Like farmers have the genetic book of what cow is related to what other cow and what cows came together to make this new cow. An heirloom of cows, just kind of a family tree. That's why it's so selective. Wagyu beef is not something that you just have a giant farm of cows. Each one of these cows is cared for and like marked and in a book there's huge ledgers following like where these cows come from you can find family trees of like the cow you eat cow lineage normally because wagyu is so crazy that if you eat like a fancy wagyu meat at a fancy restaurant they'll normally tell you what cow it came from and like the parents of the cow and where the cow came from. it gives you a little too much information right yeah Oh, man. At the dinner table. So, yeah, every Wagyu cow is related. The owners hold genetic books that track the lineage. And to answer another question that Mahir asked, uh, what's Kobe beef? Uh, Kobe beef is a style of Wagyu. It's one of the lineages. Oh, so is it like a family? It's a family, but it's the same. It's just this one was called Kobe. Kobe, okay. So I I got one more steak fact. One last steak fact to talk steak about. Steak fact. Steak fact. So now I was thinking, it's like, what do I want to know about steak? And I was like, recently I've been seeing people like restaurants leave their meat to dry and kind of mold. Dry age and, and there's wet aging. Yeah. Yes. Two different. So I was like, what is dry age beef? What's the point of aging a beef steak till it gets moldy? Like that doesn't sound appetizing to me. But I read why they do it, and now it sounds delicious. 
So aging of beef will actually decompose the collagen in the meat. And the collagen is what creates like the really stringy, like which binds all the muscles together. Kind of like a tissue. Yes. So because it decomposes, you get a very like soft steak. Oh, yeah. Like very, very not tough, soft, very soft, smooth meat. I know some of the most expensive cuts of steak that are are dry aged are dry aged for like a year. Yeah. And they'll charge you a premium. Because it's like a fine wine. You can't just drink it right. You can't just drink it right away. You have to wait for it to age. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't know. Maybe someday we'll Maybe be someday. refined gentlemen like that. Exactly. You know, there I can think of some great videos to share with you about this because I have done my own research into beef because it's, it's fascinating beef. because it's a whole industry. There's rest, high-end restaurants specifically pay meat purchasers to go to meat markets and butchers to pick the finest cuts of, of beef there is. And it's not just beef. It's, I mean, they'll do it for chicken and they'll do it for pork and everything. But... With these cows, like you said, the the Wagyu, right? Yeah, Wagyu. And the, and the Kobe, they're all really, really expensive cuts of meat. And and you ask why it might get so expensive. And actually, I've seen some really high-end um, beef, I don't want to call them manufacturers because they're beef distributors because they're they're raising the cattle. Some of them are, have said to have um, massaged their cows and they treat them like almost royalty because it tenderizes the meat over time while they're alive. No, these cows are serious stuff. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But, I mean, I guess they're delicious. Yeah, I would love to try. I mean, is it worth paying over $100 for a a fine steak? And they don't even give you too much. Like, I know dry aging, you lose a lot of the cut of meat. It turns out really small because they cut the outsides off, essentially. So you're left with only a little bit, and you're paying more for less but is it that good i don't know i need to try this i don't have the money to try that but i bet it would taste delicious i'll give it that oh yeah if you're a foodie absolutely yeah if you're a foodie you've had it yeah and and you know you know you know all the stuff i just said already. yeah this is like i've learned that already but yeah steak's delicious i mean there's a difference between obviously your regular angus beef cow and your Wagyu beef cow. But the fact that the we bred a cow as a farm so much that its meat is delicious, it's pretty awesome. Oh, yeah. That's super cool. And I like how uh, also on the Wagyu site, I saw that you, the cows actually only came over like in 1976. Pretty recent. Yeah. So they're, um, they're, kind of a new breed in America and they're very specific and it's very frowned upon for crossbreeding of these. Yeah. They want to keep cows. it pure. Yeah. I very guess. pure, yeah. very yeah. purest cows. Part of like a there. Japanese culture aspect part of it too. Yeah, absolutely. But of course us Americans, we want some. So. We're just like, what if we do this? What if we do that? Yeah. What if we mix these cows together? But oh, man, I just love a good, good steak, right? Absolutely. I'm actually, I'm going to share some videos with you after this and we can link them on the website. I have, some, yeah. I have some great content that people should watch. It's it's really entertaining. All right. And it'll make you hungry too. Well, that's steaks. Mihir, I hope I answered something for you. Yeah, it's super cool. I hope we knocked some stuff out for you. Yeah, absolutely. Which reminds me, if anyone wants to send us topic ideas, like I know we normally come with our own topics, but if you ever want to send us a tweet like, hey, talk about this one week, 
definitely hit us up on social media. Tweet at the at Two Top Podcast. Yeah, and we'll probably eventually talk about it. I'll put it on the list of topics I have. Oh, definitely. We'd love to interact with the viewers. Exactly. The listeners. So give us some love, guys. <laughs> but that's what I have, Matt. So fill me in on what you got. What's this word say? Boom. Boom. You know what we're talking about? Onomatopoeias. No. <laughs> it is an onomatopoeia. Wait, explosions. <laughs> explosions, yes. <laughs> Specifically, what type of explosion do you think? Uh, dynamite. No, Big explosions. bigger. Nukes? Nukes. Oh. Nuclear explosions. So today in class, we were discussing some futuristic weapons, and we brought up uh, nuclear weapons. What class were you talking about futuristic weapons? <laughs> An engineering class. Oh, we are just talking about the evolution of materials and utilization of these like properties. So we're talking about electromagnets, and we're talking specifically, this is off topic, but we're talking about a rail gun. And a railgun uses an electromagnetic force to shoot a projectile. So then we're like, well, how does that compare to nuclear weapons? And they're completely different things. That's a different topic. But I want to explain what a nuclear weapon is. Like, what is a nuclear explosion? Why is it so deadly, you know? Because it, it explodes? <laughs> yes, it explodes. But what type of explosion is it? It's not like a combustible explosion. I mean, it is. It's not just a combustible explosion, though. There's a lot more. So I just want to explain how it actually works. So first, a nuclear weapon is an explosive device that derives its destructive force from nuclear reactions. That's either fission, like a fission bomb, or from a combination of fission and fusion reactions, meaning like a thermonuclear bomb. Both bomb types release large quantities of energy from relatively small amounts of matter. So there's two different types here we're working with. The first test of a fission bomb, also known as a nuclear uh, an atomic bond bomb released an amount of energy approximately equal to 20,000 tons of TNT. And what bomb was that? Was that that World War II? World War II, the yeah, Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Those were uh, fission bombs. Yes, oh, fission okay. bombs. They okay. were atomic bombs. Okay, atomic, yeah. and remember that. I'm going to explain in a minute. The first thermonuclear hydrogen bomb test released energy approximately equal to 10 million tons of TNT. 10 million? Yeah, that's so that's a, a lot that's more a lot than the atomic point. bombs. So I'm going to explain why why that is. A nuclear device no larger than traditional bombs can devastate an entire city by blast, fire, and radiation. Since they are weapons of mass destruction, the proliferation of nu nuclear weapons is a focus of international relations policy. So I was like, what, proliferation? What, what the heck is that? So nuclear pro proliferation is the spread of nuclear weapons, fissionable material, and weapons applicable under nuclear technology and information to nations not recognized as nuclear weapon states by the Treaty of the Non-Proliferation of Nuclear Weapons. So there's a committee, and it's known as the um, NPT. NPT. So you can see that in the news a lot of the times because it's obviously well, a hot, due to hot recent, debate. recent events, you know. Absolutely. So here's a little quiz for you. Would you like to guess the five NPT-recognized states that possess nuclear weapons? That possess? There's, there's uh, five of them. U.S., Russia, India, uh, England, and uh, da, 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 France. Okay, you got four. It's U.S., Russia, the U.K., France, and China. Ah, China definitely has nukes. Yeah. <laughs> so although there are actually some more places, obviously, um, four countries besides the five recognized nuclear weapon states have acquired or have presumed to have acquired nuclear weapons. You can obviously guess 
number one. What do you no, think? North Korea. North Korea. And then is it North Korea? Uh, There's I'm, four of them. Uh, is it Iraq? Or Pakistan. Pakistan. North Korea, Pakistan. Iran. No, not Iran. Israel. Oh, okay. And okay. India. In India. I know, I thought India did have some. Yes. They do. Yeah. But well, they're not part of the committee. They're not part of the committee because there's the question of do they have them now? Have they deactivated them? How do, That's, you, how do you hide a nuke? Well, I mean, obvious, I guess who knows how many people are hiding nukes out there. That's the question, you know? We well, don't know. Well, Maybe this, in the ocean, this, submarines. It's scary stuff. This has gotten spooky. So, and there's many countries that have, that share nuclear weapons. Oh. Yeah. So, um, we'll I share know these guys. Germany and that whole region shares nuclear weapons with a couple other countries. So, and actually, South Africa doesn't have any nuclear weapons anymore, but they developed them on their own by themselves back in the, in the 70s. And then they got rid of them. So they don't have them anymore. So, you know, kudos to South Africa. Just making yes. for fun. Just, make it making, for... just making some cake, giving it to your friends. Well, here's the thing. It's kind of a political power type concept of possessing nuclear weapons. We obviously know. You oh, know? it shows that you, you're on a different world scale. Yeah, you're you're some of the top powers if you have nuclear weapons. So nuclear weapons have only been used twice in war, uh, both times by the United States against Japan near the end of World War II. Um, since the atomic bombings of Hiroshima and Nagasaki, nuclear weapons have been detonated over 2,000 times for testing and demonstration. So that's a lot of nuclear blasts, right? It is predicted that a nuclear war with 100 Hiroshima-sized nuclear explosions on cities could cost the lives of tens of millions of people just from long-term climate effects. Yikes. So that's not even just the blast. Yeah, that's those the are whole entire like the aftermath. big ones too. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So in the case of war, if each city, um, they call it firestorming, it's a great deal of soot that's put up into the atmosphere from fires. It could blanket the earth, cutting out sunlight for years, years. causing the disruption of food change, chains, and this is called a nuclear winter. I mean- you might oh, have heard of that. A classic. Yeah, there's you know nuclear fallout. It's it's a it's a real thing, and we kind of like joke about it, but it's it's a real thing. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, just researching this, it kind of opened my eyes. I was like, well, that stuff exists, and the fact that I could find so much information on it means that everyone else can find so much information on it. And if you're a country and you have the resources, who knows, right? So let me clarify: an atomic bomb is a nuclear fission reaction, whereas a hydrogen bomb is a nuclear fusion reaction. So now you're going to ask, which is more powerful? So I'm going to explain not how to make your own nuclear weapon, but the basic principle of how a nuclear explosion reaction occurs. And this is a fission one. This Well, I'm going to do, I'm going to explain both. So first I'll explain the fission. So a fission nuclear bomb, aka an atomic bomb, Uh, It works by splitting the nucleus of an atom, and when the neutrons or neutral particles of the atom's nucleus split, some hit the nuclei of nearby atoms, splitting them too. The result is a very, 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 very explosive chain chain reaction. Yeah, you're splitting the elements, the bare elements of existence. Yes, these little atoms that are everywhere. If one explodes, exponentially millions more are going to explode at the same time, instantly. Yikes. So everything, like, explodes at... At nucleus level, if that makes sense. It's hard to even imagine, you know? It's really small. And 
along with this explosion, there's a release of different rays um, that can cause damage to anything. You know, there's like X-rays, gamma rays, UV rays, because you're working on the smallest microscopic level. Everything's going to react. You can't you can't ignore it. Right. Um, Okay. now I'm going to explain the fusion nuclear bomb, Um, a thermonuclear bomb. Uh, It starts with the same fission reaction that powers atomic bombs, but the majority of the uranium or plutonium in in an atomic bomb actually goes unused. So your atomic bond, your your atomic bomb is not a very efficient way of exploding a bomb because there's a lot of waste. Which is a weird thing to say when you think of something that scale. Yeah, that scale. So if you use all of its potential, what do you get? So that's the hydrogen bomb. In a thermonuclear bomb, an additional step means that more of the bomb's explosive power becomes available. So first, an igniting explosion compresses a sphere of plutonium-239. That's the number of the element. The material that will undergo fission. Inside this pit of plutonium-239 is a chamber of hydrogen gas. The high temperature and pressures created by the plutonium-239 fission causes the hydrogen atoms to fuse. The fusion process releases neutrons, which feed back into the plutonium-239, splitting more atoms and boosting the fission chain reaction of its existing resources, whereas the atomic bomb just explodes at once, splitting the existing atoms. I get that. Rather than the two-part. So that explains hydrogen bombs or thermonuclear bombs are more powerful than atomic or fission bombs. So, boom, there you have it. (laughs) Clever. Although, that's a bad joke because it's serious stuff and a hot topic. Um, I I just say be an informed citizen and uh, don't don't take this stuff lightly. No. Because it could kill you. Which is interesting because of the stuff going on in North Korea right now. You kind of are like... Uh, what's going to happen next? Exactly. No and one knows. What does that mean for everyone else? But it's still an interesting topic to think about because like, even though it's right now, it's mutual. Like we're all, we all agree that if someone fires one, we're all donezo. So no one fire any. Yeah. Yeah. Which I, uh, that's a fair compromise. I'll stand. <laughs> Absol- that. Absolutely. But I know Japan is one of the biggest countries for just the removal of all nuclear weapons. Mm-hmm. But I'm curious to see what the years will bring, especially with the news recently. Or don't bring. <laughs> yeah, hopefully they don't bring anything. Yeah. I hope the news that is brought out is that nothing was brought out. Yeah. And nuclear technology has been used, obviously, for good, too, like um, sustainable energy. And uh, it, it was even used back in the day when they first started developing nuclear weapons. They would use it as a substitute for TNT to blow up um, Earth to make room for canals. So, you know, wait, having... Wait, the... wait, 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 Are you saying they used uh, mini nukes to... Yes, clear Earth as as a substitute for dynamite. Why Why have I not heard of this before? This sounds <laughs> because awesome. Because there was a lot of toxic waste, obviously. Oh, probably. And uh, if you want to good read um just look online for um nuclear accidents where they lose bombs or contaminants flood into the mediterranean sea there's there's a lot of mistakes that have happened well i know one of the craziest stories is uh there was a i think it was a b2 bomber flying over it was a b52 a b52 yeah. flying over uh i think it was north carolina and it crashed well, it didn't. Something happened that like it blew up in the air, and it was holding two nuclear warheads that were both armed, and like one failsafe, like stopped it from going off. Jeez. 
And it's like, wow, we are, what a world. What a world we live in today. There have been some nukes lost in the middle of the ocean, too, and they haven't been recovered. How crazy is that? Just leave them down there. Just leave them. Maybe they have deteriorated or. Let's just hope they stay. Bottom of the ocean is maybe the safest spot for them. I don't know. Yeah, you know, what's it going to do to us up here? As long as no one blows it up or takes it up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that that went from steak to. It's an explosive steak. Explosive. Yeah, explosive steaks. The steaks are explosive. The steaks are high today, guys. All right. Well, I think I think we'll end that here. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. Go check out our website. Go tweet at us. Yeah. Go bring check us, out our Instagram. Bring us some topics. Yeah, We'd absolutely. love to bring you your personalized content. I mean, we're no experts, but we'll give you a good knowledge on stuff. <laughs> yeah. We'll All right, guys. Down. We'll see you next week. Peace. This was Two Top, an independently created and run podcast created by Thomas Lance and Matt Burke and produced by Thomas Lance. Two Top is currently a non-funded project recorded weekly. For general inquiries or feedback, contact us at twotoppodcast at gmail.com. Thanks and join us next week for another Two Topics.